Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Today I wanted to throw this out there. Would you agree with me that when you begin to go out of town or, or go on a vacation or something, when you start to go out and you say goodbye to people that's not going to be going with you, would you agree with me that the goodbyes, they're more heartfelt if the trip is going to be longer? Would you agree with that? I mean, like if somebody says, hey, well, you know what? I'm going to be gone uh, all day, but I'll see you tonight. It's like, okay, bye, see you, right? But if someone says, I'm going on a trip and I'm going to be gone, you know, like out of the country and I'm going to be gone for like, you know, six months or so, then would you say the goodbyes are a little bit more intense, aren't they? Uh, matter of fact, I remember one of my uh, childhood memories of a goodbye was this, is that uh, my stepfather got a job in Massachusetts. And I remember our family saying goodbye to our grandparents because we'd all lived in that small town. Uh, you know, probably never lived 10 miles outside of my grandparents pretty much our whole lives. And when we said goodbye, I remember that goodbye. Probably one of my first ones because we were moving 1,200 miles away. I remember getting in that car, or before we got in the car, of going by my grandmother's house and her hugging all of us, my granddad, and, and tears that were flowing out of all of our eyes because of making that move. And and, and when we pulled away, I never forget looking back and seeing them standing on the sort of the curve of where they lived, of the street, and they were waving goodbye with tears flowing. I never forget that as long as I live because that goodbye was going to be for some time before we see them again. And uh, it was meaningful. And the reason I share that with you is because what we're going to talk about today, Jesus begins to tell us about a goodbye. But it wasn't forever. You know, it's like we were saying goodbye to our grandparents. It wasn't going to be forever, but it was going to be for a little while. And so Jesus begins to tell us about a goodbye until we make a, 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 a reconnection. And so today I want to talk to you about that. And, and there's a verse that I'm going to read to you just in a moment. <clears throat> it, it'll be John 14. But, but I want to start off because I left the first verse off, of the, of, and, but it's important. In John 14, Jesus said this when he's getting ready to tell his followers goodbye, that he's going to go to heaven, and he's telling us this. He said, listen, he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. You trust in God, trust also in me. Okay, that's the first part I left off the outline. So, but that's important. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. You trust in God, trust also in me. Now, let's look at the rest of the verse that's on your outline. Look what it says. He says, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Let's go back and read that line again. You ready? Come on. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare, prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, let's read the rest of you. Ready? Come on. There you may be also. So Jesus is saying, you know, that, that I'm going to go prepare a place for you. And I want to tell you, that's why we're doing the hashtag today, tweetable Jesus is, is I go to prepare a place for you. That's the hashtag. See, I don't know about you, but death scared me a long time. And again, I'm going to be very raw today and be honest with you, is that, you know, like, even when I become a Christian, I thought, okay, once I asked Christ in my life, I'd be not afraid of death again. Well, that wasn't true for me. 
Then I thought, you know what, I became a pastor. I mean, I've been the pastor of this church. In a couple of weeks, it'll be 24 years. And, I've become a, and so I've been serving God in the ministry for almost 30 years, full time. And I thought, you know, surely once I did that, then I wouldn't be afraid to die. But I hate to tell you, I, I'm a little ashamed to tell you this, to be honest with you. But that didn't solve it either. I, it's amazing. I would be up here in front of people like you talking about heaven and don't be afraid to die. But yet I was scared to death of dying myself. And, and so, but what happened? I was sitting in a counselor's office one day and we was working through some stuff. And he said, Jeff, I think I've diagnosed your problem. I'm like, okay, big boy, tell me what it is. <laughs> you got me? Tell me, you know. And he said, I think your problem is this. Your problem is is that you don't trust anybody and you don't even trust God. You know what? That made me mad. And I just, you know, I just about did what most of you do when you hear, you know, when your doctor says something you don't like, you get a new doctor, right? <laughs> you don't change. Oh, I'll get another doctor. Counselor says something you don't like, get another counselor. Pastor says something you don't like, get another pastor, right? Well, I almost did that, but I thought, no. I'm going to listen. And guess what? He was exactly right. Because Jesus, the first thing Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust in me. That's the only way your heart will never be troubled. And so I discovered right then that my issue was a, a trusting God issue. It wasn't a death issue. And so from that point on, I began to lean into the trusting God. And I can tell you that the fear of death has left me. Now, I want to live out my life as long as God has for me on this earth. But whenever that time's done, whenever he says I'm done, I'm trusting that, hey, he'll know the right time, right? Amen. I don't want to be on this earth one day longer than he wants me to be here. Amen. And so when I go, I'm ready. I'm ex I mean, it's exciting to me to, to go into heaven. And so I want to talk to you about heaven today because there's a lot of misconceptions about heaven. And again, maybe some of you are sitting here like me. You was afraid to die because you just wasn't sure. Well, I hope today, I hope to lower your anxiety. And let me tell you this. Once you are prepared to die, then you can live. See what I'm talking about? You, you can't really live until you know where you're going. And once you got that down and, you, and you're sure about it, then, you can, then, it, then it makes living great. And I want to help you have that. Okay, so let's look in your outline. What we're answering today, what is heaven? That's the first question on your outline. And then I want to give you three bullet points here. Look what it says. The first one is... Heaven is a physical place, not a state of being. Would you write that down? It's a physical place. Heaven is actual, heaven is literal, and heaven has a location, all right? So a lot of people think that heaven is like a dream. You know, many times we have dreams and we wake up, you know, it was like we've had an out of body experience. No, no, no. Heaven is a literal place. It's not a dream. And, and let me just say this. If heaven is not real, then Jesus Christ is the biggest liar that ever lived. If heaven's not real, because he said it was, right? Then look at the next bullet point. It's a permanent place, a permanent place that will last forever. Heaven is a permanent place that will last forever. Now, I'm going to go ahead and read this verse to you while we're there. 2 Corinthians 5, he says, For we know that when this tent we live in, our what? Our bodies, okay, our bodies here on earth is torn down. God will have a house where? In heaven. In heaven for who? Us. To live in a home he himself has made. Let's read what's underlined. You ready? Come on. Which will, which will last forever. And so what he's saying is that here's the great thing about heaven. Heaven is not a, 
uh, a throwaway society like we live in. Like today, things wear out, don't they? I mean, you could, listen, you can buy a brand new house, and you're like, whoa, Grace, I got a brand new house, and I have to do all this maintenance. Well, just give it about three years. And then all of a sudden, you got to start doing stuff, right? Oh, you buy this brand new car, you're like, oh, don't I look so good? You know, it's good. But then guess what? Just a, just a little while, you have to start, you know, changing the oil, and then you have to replace the tires and the brakes and all that stuff, right? And, and listen, and there was a day, listen, some of you, some of you don't remember this, but there was a day when you could buy a washing machine and it'd last 20 years. <laughs> but today you can't do that. Rhonda and I bought our first washing machine and when we got married, you know, that's when we rode dinosaurs back then, by the way. Uh, and we bought, and that thing lasted over 20 years. It was great. And, and so it finally broke down and uh, we asked the guy, okay, what kind of, you know, what do we need to do? He said, well, listen, this one broke down. He said, but you're going to buy one. He said, and don't expect 20 years out of the next one because this made the throwaway. And so uh, heaven's not a throwaway society. Things won't wear out. And one thing I'm glad that won't wear out is me. Amen. Right? And you, you know, the, those elbows that hurt and things like that that hurt, they won't wear out. Okay. And so... Look at, look at the next one. Heaven is, is a reserved place for only God's family. Heaven is a reserved place for only God's family. Heaven is not for everyone, and everybody is not going to heaven. Listen, God loves everybody, but not everybody is a child of God. God loves everybody, but not everybody is a child of God. Now, here's why. The reason that everybody's not going to heaven because if everybody went to heaven, you know what? There'd be rapists in heaven. If everybody went to heaven, there'd be murderers in heaven. If everybody went to heaven, there'd be adulterers in heaven. So everything that we're, we're going to get away from down here, if everybody went, it'd be up there in heaven. So everybody's not going to heaven. And look what the Bible says in Revelation 21. It says this, only those whose names are written in the what? Lamb's book. Lamb's book, the Lamb's book of living or the Lamb's book of life that many of you will know will enter that city. Now, what is that book? Well, that book is when Jesus was called the Lamb of God. He died on the cross. And so Jesus has a book. And he writes everybody's name in that book that's asked him to come into life and, be, and him to, to be a Christ follower. Everyone has prayed the prayer that meant it to be a Christ follower. He writes her name down in that book. And so, you know, the question is, is your name in the book? And the only way it is, is you ask Christ to into your life and you begin to follow him and so everyone is not going to heaven now what I want you to say is this is uh, I want you to know that uh, I don't know why anybody would say you know well uh, I want to go to heaven when they don't want to live for God now see there's that's the thing is that people people that don't want anything to do with God now they certainly want to wouldn't want to go to heaven because they want to do what they want to do when they want to do it how they want to do it and they just want to thumb their nose at God well why in the world would anyone live in, want to go live in eternity forever and ever with God Amen. because it's going to be God's way in heaven right Amen. it's not going to be the world it's not going to be our way it's going to be God's way so if you don't like God's way here then you sure are not going to like heaven and you'd be miserable in heaven heaven would be hell to you Right, because, you, you know, you don't want to do it God's way. And so we have to choose. And so it's like this, you know, it's like we, choose, we can choose door number one, which is choose Jesus Christ to follow him, and that when we die, we get to go through this door of him, and we get to go into heaven forever, that there's no more pain, suffering, all this kind of stuff is not there. That we'll talk about in just a minute. Or we choose door number two, and door number two is I'll do it my way. I trust me more than anybody else, and God, I have no time for you. And so by choosing door number two, when you go through that door, you go into a Christless eternity, which the Bible calls hell. It's without God. 
So here's the deal. You choose now. You don't get to choose like, you know, well, when I take my last breath and I die, then I'll choose. No, 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 no. You choose now. Door one or door two. It's your choice. So God doesn't send anybody to hell. Did you hear that? Somebody said, oh, I don't believe in hell because God wouldn't send you. If he's loving, he wouldn't send anybody. No, let me tell you something. You can believe in it, but he doesn't send anybody there because he says, choose door number one. Hey, 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 door number one, one. But guess what? You say, well, I'm just not going to choose any. Well, when you don't choose any, you automatically default to door number two. Amen. See what I'm talking about? So God doesn't choose for anyone to go to hell. Okay, now look at this. How is heaven different from earth? We want to answer that question. Look at, look at this verse with me, Revelation 21 and 4. He, God, will wipe away all what? Tears. Tears from their eyes, and there shall be no? Death. Nor? Sorrow. Nor? Pride. Nor? All of that has gone forever. So that's how, aren't you glad about that? That all of those things are different. Now, I went through, and I, I wrote down, I went through the whole alphabet, and I wrote, things, I wrote down some things that I am grateful for that won't be in heaven. So if, if you can agree with any of these, just feel free to give it a shout out every once in a while, right? Here, letter A. Letter A, I'm glad that, I'm grateful that this won't be in heaven. A, accidents. Aches, anxiety, or acne. Okay, I got a few people with me now. That's, that's going to be heaven, right? No more waking up with a pimple right there. Okay, no more looking like Rudolph. Letter B, no more bullies, broken hearts, bad hair days, or baldness. I'm glad. Some of you might not recognize me there. You better, you better get this voice down because it's going to have a head full of hair. That's right. That's right. Letter C. I'm glad, I'm grateful there will be no more cancer, crime, car trouble, or cavities in heaven. I'm grateful that there will be no, letter D, no more delays, dirty dishes, diapers, or dementia. Right? That's right. Hallelujah. Letter E, I'm glad there'll be no more earthquakes or eras in heaven. Letter F, I'm glad there'll be no more failures or funerals in heaven. Letter G, I'm glad there'll be no more garbage in heaven. Letter H, I'm glad there'll be no more hunger in heaven. Letter I, I'm glad that there'll be no more irritations, insecurities, injustice, or indigestion in heaven. No more prolisette. Hallelujah. Letter J, I'm glad that there will be no more jerks in heaven. Some of us will be changed on the way up, won't we? Letter K, there will be no more killings in heaven. No more nightly news. Hallelujah. And then letter L, there will be no more lawsuits in heaven. Letter M, there will be no more misunderstandings, miscommunications, or mosquitoes in heaven. There we go. Letter N, there will be no more nose hairs in heaven. Some of you that are under the age of 30 will get that one day. Letter O, there'll be no more old age in heaven. Letter P, there'll be no more prejudice or political campaigns in heaven. Woo, glory to God. Letter Q, there'll be no more quarrels in heaven. Letter R, there'll be no more racism and no more receding hairlines in heaven. You can tell I'm hung up on the hair, right? Letter S, there'll be no more sales calls in heaven. 
There'll be no more stress in heaven. Uh, and letter T, oh, this is one of my favorites. There'll be no more traffic in heaven. Hallelujah. And letter T, also, there'll be no more taxes in heaven. Woo, hallelujah. Letter U, there'll be no more ulcers in heaven. And letter U, there'll be no more uh, underarm odor in heaven. Letter V, there'll be no more violence in heaven. Letter, uh, letter W, there'll be no more weeping, whining, or weirdos in heaven. Letters X, there'll be no more x-rays in heaven. Letter Y, there'll be no more yelling in heaven. And letter Z, there'll be no more Zyrtec, Z-Pak, or zombie shows in heaven. <laughs> Woo-wee! Yes. And so don't you want to go? Yes. Absolutely. I want to go. I want to be there. So let's talk about what will, what will we do in heaven. You know, some people have this idea that when you go to heaven, Hollywood's created this idea that when you go to heaven, you're just going to sit on a cloud and, and maybe drink a little pina colada or something. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, that's not heaven. That, that is not what the Bible's uh, definition of heaven even looks like. I'd like to give you a picture of that. So number one, would you write this down? What we do in heaven, number one, we will be assigned work that we enjoy doing in heaven. So you'll be given an assignment in the kingdom of God. And here's the difference between your work now and your work then. Is that maybe your work right now is frustrating, but in heaven your work will be fulfilling. It'll be something that you enjoy doing. You'll enjoy doing that. You see, Jesus uh, tells us in Matthew chapter 25, he tells a story of three people he gave talents to. That means abilities to. He gave one ten abilities, gave one five abilities, and uh, one one ability. And, he's, and he goes and talks about that whole scenario of that. But what I like to hone on is the last verse of that, that parable. And he says this. It's in verse 25, or chapter 25, verse 21. Look what he says. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. Let's read what's underlined. You ready? Come on. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's what? Happiness. Notice that. He said happiness. So in heaven, you're going to be in charge of something. You're, you're, going to, you're going to have work to do, but it's going to be the work that you enjoy doing. You know, maybe you've had time to where you have did something good for somebody, and, and you felt real good about that. You know that, that good feeling that you had because you did something good for somebody? Well, that's the way your whole life is going to be in heaven, is every day you get up, you're going to be doing good for somebody else, and it's going to make you feel good. We say at SEC here, it feels good to do good. And that's what heaven's going to be, is that it's always going to feel good because you're always going to be doing good. It feels good to do good. And so that's what heaven is going to be like. Now, one of the things I want you to know is that, is that you do a fulfilling work. Now, a lot of people here on earth feel unfulfilled. They feel my life has no purpose. And so we understand that at SEC, and we are determined to help everyone have purpose in their life. And so we have something that we call growth track. Growth track is all about this. It's helping you find out your God-given abilities and what you, God has called you to do that will be fulfilling and help you start doing it now before you get to heaven. Why? Because you're practicing right now what you're going to do in eternity. And so, listen, so really when you find out your God-given abilities and you find out what God's called you to do and you tap into that, then you begin to feel fulfilled. It's not just about making a living anymore. It's about discovering and making a life. 
And so you can actually have a little touch of heaven on earth if you're doing what God's called you to do. Because why? It feels like heaven when you do good, and it feels good, right? And so that's why, that's why we're adamant. Every week we talk about growth track. And what I'd like to do again one more time today is on the back of your connection card, we put it as the next step. It says this. It says, I will do my best to complete growth track. Would you do that? Why? So that you can discover your God-given abilities, that you can begin to enjoy life while you're here, doing what God wants you to do. Okay. All right, number two is this, is that we will be rewarded for doing good works for God. We will be rewarded for doing good works for God when you get to heaven. You're going to be rewarded. You see, you'll be rewarded every time that you've helped someone Every time that you were generous and you gave to someone or gave to something to help God's ministry, also every time that you were kind to someone, you're going to be rewarded. Uh, every time that you shared your faith with someone, you're going to be rewarded for that. And, and every time that you've been helpful, you will be rewarded in heaven. Look at the next verse. Hebrews 10 says this. Do not let this happy trust in the Lord die away no matter what happens. Let's read those three words that are underlined. You ready? Come on, let's read them together. Remember your reward. You need to keep on patiently doing God's will if you want Him to do for you all that He has promised. His coming will not be what? Delayed. Will not be delayed much longer. You're going to be rewarded. And that's the thing that you must understand is that you're going to be rewarded when you get to heaven for all the stuff. Listen, you're going to be rewarded in heaven for the time that you didn't give up. You're going to be rewarded in heaven for the times you didn't give up on your marriage, you didn't give up on your job, you didn't give up on uh, sharing your faith, you didn't give, give up on doing the right things. You're going to be rewarded. And I think, you know, like people like Rhonda are going to have an extra reward because, uh, you know, there's a lot of people like me that are called EGRs. You know what that means? Extra grace required. Extra grace. And she's lived with me. You know, we've been married for over 32 years now. And so she's had to put up with me. So when she gets to heaven, she's going to be rewarded for all of that. That's right. Now, if you, listen, if you can't think of somebody that's an EGR in your life, you're it. You're it. You're the EGR, just like me. And so you're going to be rewarded because of that. And I just want you to understand that, that listen, when you think that nobody knows, that nobody cares about what you're going through and nobody understands what you did, you know, and you did all this good that got overlooked and you think that nobody ever notices you, they don't know what you do, let me tell you something. God's up there. He's writing it all down. Why do you think we're going to have eternity? Eternity is forever and ever. You know why? Because God's going to take a long time calling everybody's name and put it on the big loudspeaker of heaven, and he's going to call out every good thing that you've done. Now, some of you don't want to go to heaven because you're scared he's going to talk about the bad stuff you've done. And you're scared of that. Let me tell you something. See, you repent of the bad stuff down here so it doesn't have to be repeated up there. Did you hear that? So the good news, listen, if when you repent, when you say, God, I am sorry for that, and you repent of it, the Bible says he wipes it out, of, he doesn't remember it anymore, and therefore when you get to heaven, it will never be repeated in heaven. The only thing that will be repeated in heaven is all the good stuff that you've done. That's right. You don't walk through those pearly gates with your head down and go, oh, I hope they don't say this. No, no, no. When you go in those gates, you have your head up high and say, it's going to be a good day. That's right. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. And so what I want to tell you this is that uh, at SEC, we believe in giving people an opportunity to do good. L let me tell you how good, what your church has done this year, just this year already in the first three months. Also, we hosted a, a suicide prevention conference here 
had over 200 people for our community and for our church. And listen, you fed them all lunch. All, you fed them rain at Shane's Rib Shack. You did that. Then we had, we've had a marriage conference here that's been for our church and our community. Uh, uh, and we've had a, a high school have a chorus concert here. Uh, and you've hosted that. And then yesterday, yesterday, there was 1,200 motorcycles in our parking lot yesterday. Uh, for Yes, yes. For Officer Smith... 1,200 motorcycles, over 2,000 people were in our parking lot yesterday. There was someone here from 94.9 The Bull. The, the news media was here. And you know what? You hosted all of them. And Officer Matt Davis, who attends our church, actually put all that together. And there was uh, over $45,000 raised for that family because of you. Look, listen to we're not a church that you come to just to feel good. No, we're a church that helps you know how to do good. Because when you do good, you feel good. And, and, and that's what we want to be a church about. A man walked up to me yesterday. He said, Jeff, he said, I just want to say thank you, pastor. I didn't know who he was. I don't even know how he knew I was a pastor. Because nobody, I don't, I don't know. He just knew I was. And he said, I just want to say thank you. He said, I want to tell you, you're, this church is doing a lot of good in our community. And I just want you to know our community notices and says thank you. And I just want to say thank you for them because you are doing it. It's not me. It's you. And I just want to say thank you for that. And so we have an opportunity for you to do good. So again, another reward when you get to heaven. Would you take out this sheet right here? It's called love. See that word? It says love week. Okay. Love week. Going to do some love in this week. All right. Love, love week. The week before Easter, you know, what we're going to do is that we're going to love our community. We're going to love on our community. You know how we do that? By doing good. By doing good, we're going to love on our community. And so there's seven things on the front and back of this sheet that you can get involved with of the week of Easter. Remember, that's the week that where Jesus gave it all, is that we want to love. He did it because he loved us. So we want, to express, we want to express that love to our community by doing stuff. And so there's things that you can do to serve breakfast at a school, uh, serve our police officers, our firemen here. There's all kinds of things that you can do. And what we ask you to do is just pick one of those things and write it on the back of this card where that box says, uh, simply says, Love Week event code, just write it down so we know that we can count on you. We're going to give some free gas away this week. I mean, like gasoline. Okay, yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. So we want to do that. So our church is, that's what our church is about. Listen, we're here to make a difference in the world. We're here, we're here to make a difference. We're not here just to show up and say, well, it's all about us. Oh, our church is so good because, you know, we got so many people to come there. No, no, no. That's not what makes us good. What makes us good is when we go out there and we shine the light of Jesus and we come back here and we love on God and let him love on us and we take that love into the world and we make a difference, right? That's right. And so, listen, we tell everybody, I don't care how bad you are because God is that good. Okay, I got to move on. Number three, would you write this down? We will, we will be reunited with those who love Jesus. We're going to be reunited. This excites me. There's only, listen, there's only two ways that you can get to heaven. One of two ways. One is that you die and you've chosen door number one, you get to heaven. As soon as you die, I don't know, these people say, well, you're going to have to lay in the grave for 50 years. No, 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 no. When you die... Your spirit goes and be with God right then. The person that you are will be with God. Now, the other way is that what I hope happens, the Bible says that one day Jesus is going to give a command and the angel of the Lord is going to sound a trumpet. And everybody that's a Christ follower is going to leave this place. And they don't have to die. 
And I'm telling you, you know, I hope that that happens before I leave this world. I'd love to go up with all of you. I'd like to, wouldn't you like to have a, a family reunion just right over the treetops? Wouldn't that be amazing? I mean, wouldn't that be amazing, you know, that these people are giving you a hard time. You've done all you could to share your faith with them. But one day, it's just like this trumpet sound and you just leave them. You know, what's that going to be like? You know, what would it be like in America if, if over, you know, 40 million people who say they're born-again Christians, that they leave this world? Because that's going to happen one day. You, you know, you might be on a jet plane one day, friend, and, and God call you. You're going to leave that plane because you're, you haven't gone as high as you're going to go yet, right? You're going to heaven with God. Amen? Amen? And so we want you to go. And look what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 18. He says, there will be one huge what? Family reunion with the master. Family reunion. Can you imagine how emotional it's going to be in heaven when we get reunited with our loved ones? Oh, I get emotional thinking about this, and so forgive me if I do. But, you know, I've thought about the list of people that I want to see when I get to heaven. And, of course, Jesus is, is number one on that list. I want to say thank you. I mean, as I read the Christmas, uh, Easter story again, I, the abuse that he took and everything that he did for us and for me, I just can never say thank you enough. Amen. And then also, I made a list. I got a brother that passed away when I was six years old. He was seven and a half. You know, after I see Jesus, I want to see Jody. You know, I've thought about that my whole life. I, you know, I think that I've, I've become aware of heaven very early in life. When I was very young because of that. And I've thought about it. I wanted to see him. Every night, when I, when I was a teenager and I was doing all those things that I was told not to do, living like a hellion, you know, every night when I'd come home and I, when I'd lay my bed on, head on my pillow, every night I'd pray this prayer. It's the only prayer I knew. Now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Every night. I've been praying that prayer ever since I was six years old. So I believe that when I walk in that gate, I'm going to see him. We're going to do some catching up. I believe that he's going to say to me, Jeff, God brought me here to cheer you on all this way. That I was part of that great crowd of witnesses that was always looking down. And, and I was, God sent me down a few times as an angel. You couldn't see me, but I was there to be around you. I, I know that sounds crazy, and, and I don't know that it's true, but I believe that. There's some people that I'm going to, from our church here. I've been the pastor, about two more weeks I've been the pastor, 24 years and that means I've done a lot of funerals. And there's some people that I've, that I've presided over their funeral that I'm like, man, I thought they left way too early. One guy that I, that I remembered that I, wanted, I can't wait to see, his name was Larry Johnson. Larry was a guy that, uh, man, he worked in our parking lot. He, was a, he just loved everybody. We would be up on the street corner up here, 155, 138. We'd give free water away. Larry would stop traffic on 138. He'd go, hey! And he was a little man, and, and Larry would go out there, he stopped traffic, he'd go up to the window and say, we want to give you this bottle of water, because I love you. He didn't, he never met him in their life. I love you, and God loves you. And there was something about Larry that you knew that. Oh, every time I'd walk through these doors, and Larry was here, he'd come over to me. He put his arms around me. He said, Pastor, I just want you to know something. I love you. I love you. It felt like that grandparent's hug that, you know, that, that you just knew that it was real, that it was genuine. 
I believe when I walk through the gate, I'm going to see Jesus, I'm going to see Jody, and I'm going to see Larry. I think Larry's going to say, he was the best greeter ever. I think he'll be there. And there's another lady by the name of Emily Frazone. Emily was a person that when Rhonda and I really understood what our purpose was, that we were to reach people for Christ and share our faith, we begin to share with them. And Emily and Robert Frazone come to this church. They gave their life to Christ, and she got baptized. And I'm telling you, after her baptism, she was a different woman. That's when I began to say, you know what? There's something in that water. And she got baptized. And you know what? She was diagnosed with lung cancer right after that. Two years, she fought the battle. And we were standing in our upstairs in our, uh, our building, the, not this part, but the other part over here. We were standing upstairs, and she walked by me one day, and she was at the end of her two years, and she'd struggled. And she was struggling to breathe, and she said, Jeff, I just want to say this. I would take cancer all over again to know the love of God like I know it now. And she said, you know what? She said, I just want to say thank this church, and I thank God for that love. And she said, you have given me an opportunity for a better life. That's how we got our purpose statement. She said that. And when I get to her, when I, when I get there, I'm going to find that lady with that little rat tail she had. She, had, she was hung up on the 80s. I'm going to look for that little rat tail. And I'm going to hug her and say, Emily, you gave me an opportunity for a better life. Because I never forgot the joy that I saw in that lady, what God changed somebody's life. And that's why I'm a believer. And that's why I'm standing here today. And that's why I pray for you so hard. Is because I know that if you get this in your life, it's going to change you. And God's going to make you into somebody that you never thought you could be. And you're going to find that life is better with Jesus. That he's the cornerstone of our life. And Jesus said, how do you get there? That's the question. How do I get to heaven? How do I get there? Well, Jesus answered that. It's found in the Bible. Look what Jesus said. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to who? How? Except through? Jesus is the only way. So we have that prayer. And I wrote it down for you because I wanted you. People said, I don't know what to pray. And here it is. If you want to go to heaven, here's, here's how it happens. You pray this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins. And you rose from the dead. And I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Please help me turn from my sins and do your will. In Jesus' name. And if you you mean that. I prayed that prayer almost 35 years ago. And I didn't know what it meant. I had no idea what it was going to mean for my life. If you would have told me I'd been standing here. I called you a liar and cursed you out. But God's got a good plan for you. And when you surrender your will to God's will, it's amazing what He can do in your life. And it's the missing link. So today, if you prayed that prayer, we ask you on the back of this card that you would check the box that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. And when you do that, listen, God's going to write you, Jesus is going to write your name down that Lamb's Book of Life. And that fear that you walked in with, and that fear that's held you down, that you're afraid of dying, You can let it go today because you can know there's a party waiting on you in heaven. And when you take that last breath on earth 
And when you leave this body, you don't have to be afraid because when, as soon as you, your eyes fade here, they're going to open and Jesus is going to be right there and he's going to lead you into the, through the pearly gates and he's going, there's going to be a family reunion waiting on you. You don't have to be afraid. They're waiting there. They're waiting on you. They're waiting on you. Don't you, don't be afraid. Be not afraid, says the Lord. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.